Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Fans and welcome into the Friday, December the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we have another Twitter mailbag to empty out. I think I saw something like 20 questions in there. We'll get to all of those, plus more really, really strange comments from some of the Dolphins coaches, Matt Burke especially. We'll explore those and offer up some alternatives in light of some of those rant-filled comments I had on the podcast, and I'll close up the week by reading some of your reviews. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. follow the show at LockedOnFins, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the entire Locked On Network. And I think the one thing we can always say about this team, no matter how good or bad they are on the field, is they provide us plenty of content to chew on throughout the course of the season and the offseason, and that was no different today. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first, a little disclaimer to start this segment off. I just want you guys to know, I don't want to be a negative podcast host. I don't want to be a negative Dolphins coverage media member, whatever you want to call it. I am generally a pretty optimistic guy, and I will be that optimistic guy when it comes to the Dolphins when I see fit, but the way things are going right now, it's just really hard to point out positives with this team, with this current staff, and the way they conduct themselves, and by now, we've all seen Adam Gaze's comments about the teams they've played on the road this season, and I know Adam is going to defend the guys in the locker room at all costs. I mean, I'm sure that's the message that he relays to all the guys on his coaching staff because we've grown accustomed to a lack of accountability on this team with this staff, whether it's the patented, we got to look at the tape or we got to go get a few things cleaned up or a straight up confession of, I don't know. Adam Gaze will dance around any legitimate question that asks him to identify or go into details about issues with this team. And I don't think he's dense to the point to where he's not aware of the issues. He's obviously a smart guy. And if he is well, we don't even need to go any further into his evaluation, but I highly, highly doubt that's it. And I actually probably prefer my coach with that jerk quality to him. A lot of journalists aren't there to learn anything specifically or try to get good in-depth football knowledge. They want to get you to say the most outrageous thing possible and then use it against you. So I understand coaches speak for that very reason, but what's the harm in assigning some blame to some people, taking accountability? I don't really know where I come down on this, but I know a lot of fans hate that cocky bravado, under the condition that you haven't accomplished anything yet, and he hasn't. Gaze hasn't accomplished anything, yet he still has a total asshole about him that doesn't think your question is worth his time, and that bleeds down the food chain to Matt Burke, who somehow outbid Adam Gaze with dumb comments at his press availability on Thursday. Let's read off a few of these things, then I'll show you another player soundbite, or transcript rather, speaking out against this coaching staff And there are a few of these that are real head scratchers or just mind-numbingly bad. The first one is talking about Rashad Jones saying he's better as a box safety than as a free safety back in single high center field. And Matt Burke said that that sentiment has not yet been expressed to him as if he doesn't know what Rashad Jones' best position is. I, I mean, I guess that's how I read that. It's really difficult for me to believe that he thinks that Rashad Jones might be better on the back end. 
But then again, maybe I'm giving him too much credit because of certain things that just he said today. For instance, Adam Beasley, why does Charles Harris have two sacks in 25 games? Matt Burke, I don't know. He then goes on to say, I'm not putting out unsound schemes. I would challenge anyone to prove otherwise. Well, we have a lot of all 22 cutups saying that the scheme is not working or you're putting guys in the wrong position or you're not playing Minka Fitzpatrick, which speaking of Minka Fitzpatrick, he said that fans or people don't appreciate Minka Fitzpatrick enough. Are you kidding me? Everybody on Twitter wanted you to play Minka Fitzpatrick as a full-time player, yet all you did was give the opposition the opportunity to take him off the field by going base package, and you did that. And you ran out TJ McDonald, you ran out Bobby McCain, who I think are both okay players, but they're not Minka Fitzpatrick. That was you that did that, Matt Burke. What else did he say? Talking about no one wants to talk about the fact that I missed Xavier Howard, my top corner for the last two games. Give me a goddamn break on that. Or that I have two street free agent defensive tackles getting serious reps. Well, you didn't play Vincent Taylor behind or ahead of Devon Godshaw and Akeem Spence, and he was clearly the best defensive tackle on that group. What about Ndamukong Sue? Is he just a nobody? You had him last year. How well did that work out? So it continues to puzzle and perplex across all platforms of this coaching staff and doubling down on the vitriol thrown towards the coaches of this team from previous players and current players continues. We had Rashad Jones and Kenyon Drake earlier in the week. We all know about Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajayi, and Dominican Sue, Mike Pouncey. The list continues to go on and on. This time, it's a basically a nobody. Charles Harris talking about how, why does he only have two sacks or why is he not getting more sacks? He said, I'm a player, not a coach. I don't really know what that means, but I do know that it was a shot at the coaching staff. So everybody's taking their shots at the coaching staff, not just me on this podcast, not just fans on Twitter. And if you want to blame Matt Burke for this team's issues, who do you think it was that appointed him? When somebody asks you for a recommendation or a reference in your field of work, do you just give it to anybody that asks? Of course not, because it's a reflection of you. Well, Adam, Matt Burke is a reflection of you, and he is a complete abject failure through two years as the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. We are the only team in the NFL, the only one, not the shitty Arizona Cardinals, not that awful fucking Oakland Raiders team, only the Miami Dolphins rank in bottom five in both total defense and total offense. The only one. We need change. So what are the options? You guys probably know what I prefer at this point of the podcast or on Twitter, wherever you see my work at, you kind of have an idea for what I prefer. I'm just going to go ahead and list the top three guys that I have kind of come to the conclusion on at this point of the process before Gaze has even been removed. But number one for me, Jim Harbaugh. I know that there's everyone's going to say he's not leaving Michigan, all these reasons. Well, yeah, it was signing week this week. So of course he's going to say he's not leaving Michigan in the event that he does have to stay at Michigan. But I happen to have it on good authority. He wants back in the NFL. He wants to get to this level. He wants full control. And that's probably what it's going to take. He is a proven winner. Every program he's been at, literally all four of them, San Diego, Stanford, the Niners, and now Michigan, he's turned them from losers into winners everywhere he went. He never should have been ousted from the 49ers, went to three conference championship games in four years there, lost a power struggle with Trent Baalke, literally wins every stop of the way. I want him, number one. He puts the Dolphins back on the marquee. He makes the Dolphins a winning team. He brings the type of program and dedication to the running game and defense that would succeed in the Miami hotbox down in South Florida. Number two, Lincoln Riley. He is ahead of the times with his offense. Plus, I can't lie, his acquisition puts us in the driver's seat to go out and get Kyler Murray when Kyler stops jerking everybody around and decides to play football, which he's definitely going to do, by the way. 
So for Lincoln Riley, number two, Jim Harbaugh, number one, number three, John Harbaugh. He's a great leader. I know that John Harbaugh comes here and puts together a great staff, and that's the most important thing about a head coach in the NFL, getting together a top-level coaching staff, and he likely attracts a top offensive coordinator and a top defensive coordinator because he is a special teams guy by trade, and I will trust John Harbaugh to come in and steal his program and just trust the coordinators to do their job. So Jim Harbaugh, Lincoln Riley, John Harbaugh, all of that revolves around hoping that Kyler Murray is the guy they draft this year. We'll see a long way to go before that, but the current makeup of this team to me right now has me, shall we say, less than excited for 2019 But there are things they can do immediately to rectify that. And that, my friends, is why we, as fans of the Miami Dolphins, continue to go on. All right, we're going to open up the Twitter mailbag in the next segment and read some reviews before we sign off for the week. We'll do all that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. It's a Friday. Christmas is around the corner. Dolphins fans everywhere just hoping for something to believe in with this football team. Maybe we'll get that down the line, but right now we're going to go ahead and answer your questions on the Twitter mailbag here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL for you guys on Twitter. And we've got a lot of questions to get to. Let's go ahead and jump right in. And this first one kind of goes back to something we talked about in the first segment. It comes in from Courtney Jonathan at Courtney J underscore media. If Gaze is fired and both Harbaugh, both Harbaugh brothers are available, which one would you prefer Ross to hire? Give me Jim just because I think he's probably the superior of the two. And I think his success rate where he's been every step of the way is better than John's. Although I'd be really, really happy with either one. Next question here comes from Trent C at T Krager 24. I hope I said that right. Do you think Gusecki struggles are due to strength slash rookie learning or something bigger that we should be concerned about? I, you know, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he thinks a lot about what he's doing. The footwork is not natural to him at all. The way you have to kind of create a base and explode through that base and from that base, the way you have to get your footwork on certain routes, every route requires you know, five steps, seven steps, turn right here, come back down the stem. There's a lot that goes into playing football that people don't consider. And I think it's way too overwhelming at this point for Mike Kosicki as he was probably just more of a rebounder slash athlete at Penn State. And right now the adjustment has not worked out for him. Maybe a full year of practice and tape and weight programs and then taking it into the off season and going over that stuff and studying it and getting better and honing that craft will change things. But right now I, I just... It's not happening yet, but I'm not going to give up on the guy after his first year. Next question comes from You'd Suck Too If You Got Sacked Nine Times. That's a fantastic name. He's at Gabriel G31. Could you make the argument that Gaze isn't any better than Joe Philbin? I don't think so. And I think everyone points to record. And I just don't, I don't like that blanket statement type of evaluation where you just say this one thing, this one thing, or this one reason is why this guy is better than that guy. I think that Adam Gaze is a far better coach than Joe Philbin. He's much more advanced X's and O's. He's a far better leader of men. He's a greater players coach. He's not cynical in the way he projects his own message onto other people. I remember Joe Philbin trying to push his Christian views into people. That shit really rubbed me the wrong way. So I think Adam Gaze is head and shoulders better than Joe Philbin. Next question comes from Dean Antoloni, Antonelli, at Antonelli underscore Dean. If we let go of Burke midseason, are we sitting differently going into week 16? Your thoughts? There's a chance. Maybe you get that one or two game spike like we saw with the Vikings on Sunday, but eventually you go back down the same old road. But then again, in Cleveland, Freddie Kitchens made a better offense than Todd Haley did. So it's hard to say, but who on this staff would you promote 
into that role. Chris Kusarek, I guess the defensive line coach, maybe Tony, Tony Oden. I, it's a good question. I just don't have a great answer. I, I tend to think no, just because I don't think anybody else was qualified to take over that role on the current staff. Next question comes from Andrew Grant at ASG underscore Grant with a rhetoric from guys like Rashad and Kenyon this week. What do you put the odds as this team laying down against Jacksonville? Do you see players thinking they can usher Gaze's exit with a poor showing? I think they're going to win because they play really well at home. I don't think they'll they'll lay down. That's not in this team's makeup under Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze is one saving grace is he gets this team to play home games, I guess. I mean, I wanted to say he gets his team to play regardless, but we saw that that wasn't the case last week. And this Jacksonville team they're playing on Sunday has already laid down. So if they lose this game to the Jaguars, I, I mean, I would think it would be a guarantee that they clean house. Next question comes from A. Hendricks, S4, at A. Hendricks, and then the Roman numeral IV for four. If Burke goes, what about bringing in Chris Richard as a new defensive coordinator? Well, I just looked up Chris Richard, and he was born on October 28th like I was, so I like that. But as far as his defensive schemes go, yeah, he's awesome. I think he's been great for a long time with the Cowboys and the Seahawks, and he got a defense in the Seahawks that really was full of no-names and got them playing at a high level. So I think that would be something you'd have to be very interested in. But then again, would he make a lateral move? I don't see why he would. So that's a tough one to go after, but he's definitely a very good coach. Next question comes from Mr. Stu- Mr. Stubborn, easy for me to say, at, oh boy, Obdu- OB Duarte underscore one. What cornerbacks, either in free agency or the draft, should Miami target to solidify that spot opposite Xavier Howard and get McCain back in the slot? Can Tankersley be that guy? Tankersley's coming off the ACL, so I'm really skeptical about that. I don't think he'll be ready to go for the start of training camp next year, and if he is, he'll be limited as far as what he can do movement-wise, but it was all mental for him, and Matt Burke won't be here, so maybe simplifying things makes that easier on him. As far as free agency in the draft, there are some guys in the draft that I'd be really excited about. I think there's too many to list right now going into the camp, going into the offseason. If Adam Gaze is here, Bradley Roby's a free agent from Denver. He could possibly shake free and want to reunite with Adam Gaze. But I do think that cornerback two is a must need. They have to go ahead and address that spot because you can do that. Move Minka back to safety and your secondary is pretty much set from that point. Next question here comes from KDevilFin84 at KDevilFin84. Do you think that Ross will slash salaries and trade down in drafts to not spend money? Sue, Tannehill, and Cutler being busts in relation to their contracts that Ross doesn't want to spend big again. No, I think Stephen Ross has always been a proponent of doing whatever it takes to win, and I don't think he'll do that this year. I know he wanted to trade back last year because he wanted a quarterback or whatever the hell it was, but I don't think Stephen Ross is going to jeopardize the chance to win games just to save money. Now, I think they will cut salaries because guys haven't performed, like Kiko, Andre Branch, and on and on and on, but I don't think he's going to just pull back for the sake of being frugal. Next question comes from Joe Hedberg at Joe Hedberg 87. Who is this year's team MVP? Also, is Matt Burke fired even if the team makes the postseason? To the second part of that question, I think so because the defense has been historically bad once again, as they kind of always are year after year, it seems like. But I think that he's been so bad in his job that he has to go. As far as this year's MVP, I'm going to do a special postseason recap episode, and I'm going to save that for that podcast. But I appreciate the question, Joe. We'll answer that question in January. You know, I really got to get a soundbite from the Drew Rosenhaus, Terrell Owens uh, driveway press conference where he kept saying, next question, next question. I got to find that and make it part of the show. Right now, I don't have it, but we'll work on that. All right, next question here comes from Mickey or Hidden Mickey Hunter at 13 Lake Bochamp. Can Gaze do anything in these next two games to change your opinion to keep him and or instill any confidence going into next year? No, I don't think that winning these games against two bad teams, games that you should be favorites in, 
is going to change my opinion at all. Winning a meaningless game week 17 at Buffalo because I think the Dolphins, because of what other teams are going to do this Sunday, are going to be out in week 17. Going to be an irrelevant game again. I don't think that winning games like that does anything to change the narrative about how bad this team has been on the road, about how lucky this team has been at home. I just think that he hasn't made the improvements necessary to keep him. That's why I'm off the, the wagon there. This next question comes from Chris Delahunty at C. Delahunty. Hope I said that right. If Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens aren't retained in Cleveland, would you be interested in them being the OC and DC to whatever coach we get if we replace Gaze or even Williams as head coach considering what he's done in Cleveland? I think that Greg Williams is a total asshole and I don't want to have to support that guy because I think that he's worn his welcome out yeah he's done a great job Freddie Kitchens has done a great job in Cleveland as well but I just think we can do better than those guys at least better than Williams he's just such a prick and I hate the way he manages players the way he yells at guys and belittles them it just doesn't resonate with me I don't think it'll resonate with a bunch of 21 year olds maybe it works on this Cleveland bunch who was ready for anything different after Hugh Jackson but I think eventually his message will definitely get stale Next one here comes from Steve Rucker at Rucker23, the one that outed me on my diehard uh, lack of viewership, I should say. And he asks, now that Gore is on IR, do you think Gaze will hashtag free Drake? And what is your favorite horror film? Good questions there. Uh, no, I don't think he will. I think Kalen Balazs gets a look and then probably breaks out for a couple of 200-yard games. And I'm sure he goes back to the bench next year because that seems to be what we do under Adam Gaze. In all honesty, I think they will share the workload up to a certain point. I think Drake is pretty banged up right now. And that's why he hasn't been used as much lately but he wasn't used earlier in the year either. So I, I just don't trust gays to hashtag free Drake. And what is my favorite horror movie? You know, I had to think about this for a second because I don't think I necessarily have a favorite. I like certain genres. I love the Halloween franchise. I was a fan of the zombie craze before it became a craze. Like Zombieland, for instance, was a great horror comedy. One of my favorite movies of all time. I like the 28 Days Later movie. That was pretty good. Um, a Quiet Place from the summer. That was a really good movie with the guy from The Office. American Psycho. Is that a horror movie? I like the slasher types of movies, the serial killers, those ones. There's some good, uh, the, that TV show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House was fantastic. So I'm pretty well-rounded when it comes to what type of horror genre I like, but I don't think I have a specific favorite. I'll go with the Halloween franchise as a whole. Next question here comes from Nick Robb at They Call Me Dragon. When the Finns have these numbingly disappointing seasons, what sport team do you turn to in order to feel something again? Ha. Uh, the Seattle Mariners who haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. So I'm pretty much a tortured fan and the Mariners just stripped their entire roster down and renamed Safeco Field, which is what it was originally called T-Mobile Park. And now it has these pink lights all over it. So basically I don't have sports that make me feel good. It's just all misery for me. All right, we got two more here. Next one comes from PDOT. He is at Piero Signori. Hope I said that right. If you move to South Florida, would you get full-time press credentials like the beat writers? No, that was a thing the Miami Dolphins gave to me specifically for the Lockdown Dolphins podcast and all that fun stuff. So I don't have official credentials, but I'm working on just continuing to get more and more recognition and getting more and more connections, which I made down there when I was in South Florida. So I'm hoping that in the near future, that will be the case. But right now, no. Next question here, the last one comes from John Langjun at Jay Langjun. And you asked two questions. Both were something I already talked about, Mike Kosicki and cornerback two. Look, I think Greedy Williams, the LSU cornerback, is fantastic. I mentioned Bradley Roby is a possible free agent signing. I think Jason Verrett will be out there. Uh, Cordray Tankersley could be in the running. So I'd say those four guys would be my top picks. I just don't think Miami will go after a cornerback in the first round of the draft, but that's five months away. So who the hell knows? So 
Great questions, as always, from you guys. I really appreciate you doing that. It really fills up a segment here on Friday and allows me to just kind of ramble on because these shows, I have to script them every single day and I have to find content. And come Friday, sometimes I have to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel. Luckily, this team tends to give us stuff throughout the week, whether it's dysfunction or terrible comments in the media. I find ways to get content on the podcast, but you guys with the Twitter mailbag, Always, always, always provide great stuff for me. So I really appreciate that. And as something of a thank you slash appreciation for what you guys have done for the podcast and for me, and since I ask for reviews on every single episode, I think it's only right that we read some of the reviews up on iTunes on Apple Podcasts. So we'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. It's a Friday. You guys know that Christmas is coming right up. I hope you have finished your shopping by now. If you haven't, I'm sure you have a very stressful weekend ahead of you. Luckily, my significant other does all my shopping for me and takes care of me in that way. She is the best. She is the greatest. She is the thing I'm most grateful for this holiday season. But I'm also extremely grateful for all you guys, all the fans and people that listen to the podcast and share the tweets and, and respond to the tweets and interact with me on Twitter and read the stuff on LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have made this entire journey possible, taking it from a podcast that gets about 25 listens an episode up to now 3,000 or so an episode. So I greatly, greatly appreciate you guys for doing all that for me. And you have left a lot of reviews on the podcast app on Apple Podcast. And I say it all the time. That's how the show is judged. That's how we get out to more Dolphins fans. So all those reviews and ratings really do mean a whole lot to the podcast here. And so let's go ahead and read some of those. And let's cue up some music for this segment because it is the holiday season. And we all need some cheer right now with the way this Dolphins team has played. The ups and downs, the roller coaster. It's one of the toughest teams to follow. So give yourself a pat on the back for being a Dolphins fan. It is definitely not easy. And as I jump into these reviews... I wanted to give some negative reviews too because I think it's important to maybe self-evaluate. And this is going to sound so douchey, but there really aren't any that I can find on here. All of the negative comments are either back when it was the previous host or back when there was no host at all. Or the one that I get the most is that there are too many ads in the podcast. But hey, dude's got to eat. So I appreciate the guys that listen to the podcast ads and put up with it for the rest of the show. Because like I said, that's how I put food on my table. Let's go ahead and get into some of the reviews. This one comes from Jay Bird with The Fins, titled Honest Reporting. Love it. No agenda. Just what is going on with Miami. And the daily updates are great. We appreciate that so much. We have 244 reviews, an average of a five-star rating so again that's so greatly appreciated from you guys this next one here comes from indiana fins up what's up best dolphins podcast by a mile travis is better than jesse agler uh someone else fourth and inches audible perfectville whatever you want to call it puts in the work and and it shows love all the dolphins content and the podcast youtube but locked on dolphins with travis is the cream of the crop looking forward to a great off season and season with you guys so more positive reviews again i love this from you guys please keep pulling these things in this next one here comes from johnny b8 8283 best dolphins podcast you can find i'm a longtime fan who watches every game but don't know the intricacies of the game travis breaks it all down each week keep up the great work next one here comes from de4 yanks there is no better podcast about the dolphins a must listen for every true dolphin so this warms the hell out of my heart 
I needed an uplift after last week's beatdown against the Vikings. You guys have provided that again. I know I just keep saying this over and over again, but I am so appreciative of all the fans and supporters of this podcast. With that, we've gone on a little bit too long today. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up because I have got some Tito's and some Home Alone downstairs waiting for me to ring in the holiday season and really do Christmas the right way. The best Christmas movie, Home Alone, by far, by the way. Let's go ahead and do that. That's my time on the podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us the rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at Locked On Fins, and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday for a recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Your praise, so-